Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rabbi Danny Nevins, and today we will be studying page 20 of Tractate Eruvim, Daf Kaf. Back on page 17b, we began chapter 2 of the tractate with a Mishnah that described a structure to surround a well, thereby turning it into a private domain. A shepherd could then draw water from the well on Shabbat and pour it into a trough within this structure for animals to drink. At the end of the Mishnah, as presented in the Bavli, in fact, it's a separate entry or a separate Mishnah in a volume of Mishnah, we read that it is permissible to build this structure quite close to the well, so long as the head and bulk of a cow, Rosha Veruba, can fit within it. Here's the Mishnah. Mutar lahakriv laba'er, uvilvaj dehev para rosha veruba bifnim vishota. Mutar lahakik kalshehu uvilvaj shiarbeb pasin. And so it is permissible to bring these walls of the, um, the structure close to the well, so long as there's enough room still for the cow to fit her head and her bulk of her body within it and be able to drink. It's also permissible, on the other hand, to distance the walls as far as you like from the well, as long as you increase the number of boards so that there's not too much space between them and the consciousness of this um, separated space is not lost. In the middle of page 20, our Gemara juxtaposes this teaching to a different Mishnah in the final chapter of Tractate Eruvin, which teaches that a person who wishes to drink on Shabbat should likewise be sure to enter his head and bulk, Rosho Verubo, inside the private domain. This is in chapter 10, Mishnah 6. Lo ya'amoda dam berushut hayachid v'yishteh berushut rabim. A person shouldn't stand in a private domain and then sort of lean out of it and drink from the public domain. Or the opposite, berushut rabim v'yishteh berushut hayachid. He shouldn't stand in a public domain and lean into, say, a house and um, drink some water from within it. Unless he's, in fact, moved most of his body inside the space where he's drinking. So that Mishnah would indicate that um, while it's possible to have part of your body outside of the domain, the bulk of you should be inside where you're drinking. Now, back to our Gemara on Daf Kaf Amud Bet on page 20b, we read that um, the Gemara wants to know what is exactly the concern with drawing water for an animal which is mostly inside the structure. Perhaps the fear is that the animal will drag the bucket out of the private domain. After a complicated few lines, the editor cites a baraita that is an earlier um, Tanaitic teaching that apparently forbids the practice of drawing water for animals into a trough which is located in a public domain on Shabbat. Let's listen. Vihatanya, 
Haven't we learned in a Baraita? Lo yimale adam maim ve'itain b'shabat lifnei behemato. A person shouldn't fill up something with water, let's say a bucket, and put it in front of his animal on Shabbat. However, you can fill the bucket and pour it out, apparently into a trough. And she can then drink on her own. So I guess the concern here is not giving the animal direct access to a movable um, vessel such as a bucket. Ha'itmar Allah, this is taught upon it. Amar Abai, hacha ba'avus ha'omed berishut rabim. This is talking about a um, a trough which is standing in the public domain. Gavoa asrat fachim v'rochev arba'a v'rosho echad nichnas lebeina pasim. It's a special situation where you've got a trough which is at least ten handbreadths. That means that the walls of the trough actually turn the trough into a private domain. And it's wide, at least um, four handbreadths. And one end of the trough enters into this sort of protected zone, bein hapasim, between the stakes. So it's supposed to sort of extend the private domain from the trough to that section between the stakes. The question is, can you use this situation for the animal to drink? So Abai is saying... Um, you're not supposed to do this. Gezera Dilma Chazi Leila Avus de Mekalkel Vaate Le Tikune Vidarle Ledavla Vahade Vakamafik Mirishuta Yahi Levishuta Rabim. The concern is that the um the shepherd who's responsible um would see that the trough is now um uh running out of water and so he's gonna go fix it up and he's gonna go draw more water. Maybe the trough was broken and leaked, so now he fixes it and he's going to draw more water, and um, he's going to wind up carrying water from the private domain to the public domain. So there was a gazera, a rabbinic decree, preventing one from doing this, from putting the trough in the public domain. Now the Gemara questions whether this concern is really well-founded. After all, we've got a, uh, a tradition that permits carrying uh, even a person for a person to even carry out of a domain, if that was not his original intention. Um, so here's the Gemara. In such a situation where there's a concern that the shepherd, having done something permitted, might then do something that was not permitted, in such a situation, is he truly liable? We've got a tradition cited by Rav Safra in the name of Rabbi Ami, going all the way back to Rabbi Yochanan. If a person is sort of moving stuff around his house from one corner of the house to another, but all within the house, that's a permitted activity. And then, having already begun carrying stuff from one corner of the house to another, he reconsiders and says, ah, I'm going to take it outside. Um, so now he's actually carried from a private domain, his house, to the public domain outside. Nevertheless, Rabbi Yochanan taught that such a person is patur, they're exempt from full liability. Because it was not his original intention to um, uproot the item from his house and to carry it outside. In other words, you are not liable for the for the labor of carrying, unless it was your intention from the beginning of the activity to the end of the activity to do that. In this case, the person meant to just shop stuff around the house and then only 
after he had begun, changed his mind. So that would seem to have implications for the, the situation we just cited. The shepherd only intended to pour water um, into the trough in the public domain, and it's only um, afterwards when he sees that something's broken down that he might go back to the well and bring water um, from that private domain over here within the public domain. Um, but the Gemara says, well, you can't actually permit the trough activity from this story about the guy with his stuff in the house, because sometimes that's in fact the intention of the shepherd to go and fix the trough. And he's actually going to intentionally carry water from the public to the private domain. So we still have this ambiguity about the nature of watering um, or filling troughs for animals. So we're still trying to figure things out. The editor now introduces a separate tradition about camels, which you can also find in the Jerusalem Talmud, Yerushalmi Eruvin Perak Yud. The issue here is whether the tradition we're about to hear, which speaks about camels, means just camels, because they've got long necks and are different from other animals, or it's just that this Mishnah happened to be talking about not Mishnah, this um, tradition was talking only about camels, and there are no implications for other animals. Tashma, come and learn. Gamal It says that if you've got a camel where its uh, head and most of its body are inside this sort of um, zone, this uh, private zone, you can in fact um, fill up the trough to feed the, the camel water um, from within that same zone. Can't we say that this case of the trough is just like a case of an animal that has a vessel which it's able to hold on to? And here's an example where it does require that the animal be fully in. We've got a tradition of rabbis. Shani Gamal, Hoyl Vitzavaro Aroch. He says, well, camels are a bit different because they have the, the extra long necks. So I guess there was a little bit of concern that they would, um, uh, they might carry the water out. They could stretch their neck in and then stretch their neck out. Um, so that would seem to um, differentiate the camel from other animals. Tashma, but come and learn. We have the same tradition, um, another early tradition, perhaps a brighter, about regular animals. And there too, we, we, we require most of the animal to be inside. Um, should we say that, that we can compare these two animals? Just like an, uh, a behema, a sort of a general word for an animal, so too is we learned about the, the camel. Vahatanya, behema, vahatanya gamal. After all, we had a brighter that talked about animals, and we have a different brighter that talked about camels. So maybe they're differentiated, they shouldn't be compared. Midi, gabi, hadadi, tanya. The Gemara then says, but really, um, was one brighter talking about both animals? If within one baraita it had said camels this, other animals that, you could differentiate. But since these were completely separate traditions, you shouldn't read them as commentaries upon one another. 
We have another bright that confirms this. Rabbi Elazar Oser Begamal He says that um, it's forbidden to do this activity with a camel because his neck is longer. Apparently, though, other animals you can do this. All right, this has been a pretty technical discussion. I hope you've stuck with it. I'm going to just give a few observations as we conclude um, this page and my week of study with you. What's our takeaway? First, it's clear that the milacha, the labor of carrying, a hotza'ah, was an extremely important feature of Sabbath observance in the early rabbinic period. In fact, it occupies the first half of Mishnah Shabbat, and therefore of the tractate, and much of this entire tractate of Eruvim. But today, most observant Jews who don't carry on Shabbat live within an Eruv, and do not even think much about carrying on Shabbat. For example, I live in Manhattan, and I carry my tali to synagogue, and I don't really think about it on a daily basis or a weekly basis. Second, observing Shabbat does not absolve one of responsibilities for the welfare of her animals. Planning is required to make sure that proper structures are in place to allow the animals to eat and drink on Shabbat. Third, people and animals are not so different. Both are included in the realm of Shabbat, just like the Torah instructed. Again, most contemporary Sabbath observers do not use work animals, so we have lost some of the consciousness of Shabbat restrictions that were experienced by our ancestors. We no longer think about whether to carry or not, and we no longer think about how to take care of our animals and make sure that, they're, that they are able to drink without any labor occurring on their behalf on Shabbat. How do we make up for this deficiency in our Sabbath consciousness? For me, this is yet another reason to be stringent upon ourselves when it comes to using electronic devices, which are our equivalent of work animals. We too need to remain conscious of the Havdalah, the differentiation of Shabbat and Chol, of the Sabbath and the work week. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros, from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.